Welcome to the weekly message from Albert Park Baptist Church, a community of believers seeking to love God, love one another and love our neighbourhood right in the heart of Melbourne. We hope you find today's message inspiring. Good morning, church. So today's word is from Luke 8, and uh, it's this short passage here. It's just uh, six verses. If you have your Bibles, feel free to open it, otherwise you see it on the screen. Um, I was here early today to listen to the worship band practicing and absorbing the music. And I was sitting in this bench in the back, and then I found a Bible, And, of course, there are Bibles in every bench, but this is a very special Bible, which has been used a lot. By the way, that's how a Bible should look like, stuff falling out. Yeah, because that's a Bible that's in use and not on the shelf, getting dusty. Anyways, that Bible is special because something is falling out, and what is falling out, I noticed, is Luke 8. Yeah? So that's the Bible for today. So... That's the passage, a lamp under a jar. No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Take care then how you hear For for to the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. Then his mother and brothers came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, your mother and your brothers are standing outside, desiring to see you. But he answered them, my mother and my brothers are, are those who hear the word of God and do it. Let me try once more, it doesn't work. Okay, so you have to click, guys. So when you look at these verses and read them, and I read them many times in my life, I often struggled a bit how it all fits together. Because there is so much going on. A lamp under a jar, a lamp under a bed, hidden things become manifest, secret things can come to light, take care how you hear And then who has more will be given, who has not will be taken away, and the mothers and brothers are those who hear the word of God. And all of this in six verses, all close by to each other. So we have to remind ourselves what the passage is we are looking at. And over the last few weeks, we looked at this whole parable of the sower. And if you click one more, can see again what we've been going through. And I'm not going to preach again the same sermon that we heard the last five weeks, but just highlighting a few words in the parable of the sower. Hear, hear, see, hear, word, hear, hear, word, word, hear, hear, word. Okay? It's a lot about hearing and a bit about seeing. And as we go on, next one, you see that also here in this passage, it's about seeing the light, but also hearing, and again, hearing and the word. So things can come together if we go one further. This is by parents 
marriage verse. Okay? And what it brings together here is, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So the word of God is a light or can be a light. It should be a light. If you click one further. And as I was preparing, I was thinking, how is that with the word of God? And how is it in my life? How is it in your life? What role does it play? And suddenly I had this thought that in Notable, our weekly email newsletter for the church that comes at 6 a.m. sharp, really to the second. I always find that amazing. Sometimes I'm just on my nightly toilet break and boop, I get this message coming in. And what always struck me there is everyone seemed to have their own words. It's not like it's always Psalm 23 over and over again because that's the one thing that everyone loves and that everyone feels speaks to them. But I always had the impression every week is different. So, since my daytime job is doing research, I thought, okay, let, let's dig a little bit deeper. So, I literally went back to my email folder of one church, and I made a big mistake. I didn't save all notables. I didn't. I only saved maybe 30. So, I went back to them, and I literally went through two years of notables that I had saved. So, if you click one further, that's how it looks like in your inbox. Yeah? And we will just see examples and probably most of you will at some point recognize your words, the one you sent in over the last two years. What scripture encourages you in your journey? And notable until 2021 only had the words. And then from 2021 onwards, someone decided Let's also ask, why? What's the story? Why is it the worst that speaks to you? So this is 2020 still. Oh no, we are still on example one. That is um, from Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. By the way, today is Pentecost. The day the Holy Spirit was given to the congregation in Jerusalem. So that was, at, as I was preparing that, Pentecost wasn't on my mind yet, but the first example there is about Pentecost as well. So as we click on to number two, it's Jeremiah 29. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And let's just click on, just to see, just see in, with your own eyes the verses. John 10.10, 10, example 4, Philippians 4.13. And there, it's one of these 2021 examples, it says, my parents taught me this. Next example is Ephesians 6.12. Someone 
remembers an event. It was an eye-opener. Something happened at some point that opened their eyes to this wisdom and this particular verse and helped them to keep focused on Jesus. Isaiah 40, 31. Then here, a person saying, how could I possibly just choose one verse? I have so many favorite ones, and there we have Psalm 23, but also Psalm 18. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. And there will be many more examples, and you are not supposed to memorize all of them, just to see the point, each of us as we sit here, we have our own favorite verse. And what does it mean? God spoke to you in a special way. There is some event in your life, some experience, something that spoke to you, and you keep that treasure. Here, for the first time, I put that in italics, Jeremiah 29, 11. For the first time, I came across a verse for the second time. Until then, all verses were different. Let's move on. Psalm 51. Restore me to joy. And there it says, it reminds me of the joy we have because of Christ. So Bible verses can be reminders. This light that we should let shine, the word of God, is a reminder. Here someone says, my grandfather always said. So how did these words come to us? Some of us read something and maybe one jolly day we thought, wow, that's an amazing verse. I have in front of me Proverbs. My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Again, this connection, word and sight, which is odd. It's not like hear and ear, but word and sight. Seeing, hearing belongs together. Here someone describes God's unconditional love in 1 Corinthians that speaks to them. Love is patient, love is kind. Reminds me so often of my own heart. Then here the numbering is messed up. Here someone has Philippians 1.18 and talks about how they came to Australia four years ago. Whoever that is, I don't remember, but probably one of you. And how they have that connection with that event, this move to Australia, where the words is special to them. It's gone. Then here, Matthew 8, 8, someone says, when I became a Christian, that can be such a salient event where a word maybe is given to you and then you keep it. I have in my wallet two pieces of paper. One is one of my favorite hymns, yeah? and I always carry it with me. And sometimes when I'm down, I open my wallet, I pull it out, and I read it. And today, I also for the first time looked at the back, and the back says, Wednesday, 11th of August 2004. 18 years ago, that's when I wrote it down. 
18 years ago and it has been in five different wallets as I was updating over the years and it's still there. My marriage verse, 1 Corinthians 15, always there. Let's move on. Here, Revelation 1.8, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord. Isaiah, I will not fear, for you are with me. Mom always said that. Do you realize how many examples are there where people say, it was my dad, my mom, my grandparents, maybe a member of the congregation, a member of the church. 1 John 4, we love because he first loved us. And here someone says, when we got married, that's when it was, when that verse had a big significance. Come to me all, you who are weary and burdened. And here someone says there was a personal issue where then that verse spoke to them and they've cherished it ever since. This verse changed my life forever. One verse. Here again, 1 Corinthians. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude. It's not self-seeking. That's a good passage to read every now and then, to ask yourself, what kind of person am I? Do I love unconditionally? Is my love kind? Or is my love looking for favors in return? 1 John 8, we recited these verses at prayers every night. In what place? Ballarat. So someone who was at school there says that that is how those verses became a part of their life. Proverbs, commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your plans. And that person says, that's a good reminder to let go and let God. Just a few more to go. We won't do this for the rest of the day. Psalm 139. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. And that person says, when we moved from the northern hemisphere to Australia, that's when that was got some significance in their life. God is our refuge and strength. And here some person says, this relates to the illness and death of their most loved one. Here Revelation 1.8, the only other example I found where a verse appeared a second time, I am the Alpha and the Omega. It reminds me of the eternal nature of God. Isaiah 40, 11, he tends his flock like a shepherd. My friend gave this to me. And final one, 
26. A person says, my current favorite, which means sometimes these verses can change over a lifetime. And here's one part I love about this. That person had it with red MAC lipstick on their mirror in the bathroom. To have the word visible every day as you brush your teeth, every morning, every evening, you see these words. They are not hidden on the shelf. They are not hidden in this book somewhere far away, but they are there present. Let's move on to the next one. So what does all that mean? First of all, God speaks to each one of us in their own way. It's the same words, the same Bible, but different parts speak to your life than to my life. God has the ability to speak in a special way just to you. But what can we do? What can we do to make something of that? And there Deuteronomy 6 has some great advice. It says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And then comes an amazing list of recommendations. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Do you know what that means? To have them on your hearts. To carry them with you. To, like the heartbeat is always there 24-7, 365, 365. The word of God has to be present in our life. So one part of that passage in Luke was, who has, more shall be given. And that reminds me of a lady when we lived in Munich, Germany. I was a deacon in that congregation and my job was always to do the, the welcome service by the door. And there was this one lady in the congregation who more often than not would come and say, hello, Deacon Becker, I have a word for you. And then she would say, when you get home, you read Psalm 19, verse 8. And that always was this little riddle, because I was curious what it might be. And unless it would be Psalm 23, which I know by heart, Psalm 90, verse 8 wouldn't ring a bell immediately. So I was always curious, once I get home, what might it be? So I went home and read and then very often it was a verse exactly for what I was struggling with in this particular period. And then the week later she might come, Deacon Becker, I have a verse for you. And then it could be Luke 8 verse 15. And again, I would go home and the first thing I do, I come home, I open the Bible and I look what she gave me. This lady was rich in the word. She carried God's word with her. It was always on her mind, always. And 
if you are rich in the word, if this is your favorite book, if you read in the morning, you read in the evening, you make it a part of your life, you have it as an app on your phone, and if you have this odd minute before the next meeting, just read a little bit. Try to bath in it, make it a part of your life. Then God speaks to you more. The more you have, the more will be given to you. You see more on more connections. The dots get connected by being rich in the word. So these commandments that I give you today are to be on your heart. The word should be on our heart, the word of God. The next one is then impress them on your children. So many examples that we read were my grandfather said, my mother said, my father said. My friend said. Talk about them when you sit at home. How often do you and I at home speak about God's word and not just sit on the sofa and consume what's on TV? How often when we have a conversation it's about just running everyday life, coordinating stuff. What are we going to cook? What are we going to do next week? What are we going to do this afternoon? And how often is it reflecting on what God has given us? As we go home today, what are we going to talk about at lunchtime? What is it? Next one. It says, talk about them when you walk along the road. And talk about them when you lie down. And talk about them when you get up. Think about that. If you really did this, you get up in the morning, you read before you even set your foot in front of the bed, take the Bible, read something, Fill up your heart. It may slip out of your mouth and you spread the word by accident or maybe on purpose. And then it says, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. And if you look in the, in the Jewish culture, it's, it's literally that they often bind to their wrists some words. So that as they do stuff with their hands, they can read it here. What stops us from doing that? It's not silly. It's, it's a command of the Lord. And it says, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And again, you can see that in the Jewish lands. And here I found this so nice, these stairs where it says, I can't read it there, how beautiful Upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, and so on and so on. As you walk up the stairs, you always read these verses, like going up to heaven. And then my favorite verse, write them with Mac lipstick on your mirrors. You remember that one, Deuteronomy 6. So we can do more with the word of God. It can be a light in our life, but we need to foster it. It doesn't just happen. So let's pray. 
Dear Heavenly Father, your word is so precious. And often we bury it on the shelf and it's somewhere in our drawer, but it's not right there present in front of us. But your word should be front and center in our lives. And we ask you that this light may shine on our path and that truly we can experience you. We thank you, Lord, that we have you and your wonderful light and word and love. Amen. If today's message evoked anything in you and you'd like to talk or pray with one of our pastors, please get in touch by phone or email. All of our details can be found at albertpark.org.au. We worship together in person 10 a.m. every Sunday at 115 Kerford Road, Albert Park. All are welcome. We look forward to seeing you soon.